Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern-day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. Welcome, Ben, to the November fall edition of Real Estate in the 608. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. We appreciate that you're here. This is a podcast that you're listening to if you haven't picked that up already. In each episode, we discuss things like the real estate headlines of the day. We're going to recap the highest and lowest price sales in Dane County. And and this month, starting this month, we'll also just take a nod to the average. All right. We'll get some information about how to be a better homeowner with the top of the hour tip and the market update. We surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. And each month, one of those people is Phil Plord, president of Blimling and Associates and host of the Dairy Download, a pun-filled podcast about the dairy markets I learned today with extra sharp insight. Mm. Now I just want some cheddar. <laughs> I don't know why he's had to say that. Well, we also feature local music because we do like to keep it in the 608. So we have artists that in between Ben and I's uh, inane chatter, you'll hear music from artists that perform and are from the Madison area. I'm Ben Anton, broker associate with the Lauer Realty Group. And my name is Adam Elliott. Uh, used to do some radio in the Madison area. Now I'm just a homeowner and working for a living. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living, I think is the way that <laughs> phrase goes. You are not just a homeowner, but this month, a homeowner who will shed light on the window shopping process. This is true. I participated in the quarantine home fix-up process. Everyone, <laughs> including including a listener, friend, uh, Atwood Fest volunteer, Allison Werner, our guest today, also going through the window shopping process. Okay. All right. Well, I might have some insight for her. I actually just had my windows installed, so So you're a little you're a you're might a little be, bit ahead. I might be a step ahead of her, but uh, we'll we'll see where she's at and and we'll hopefully learn some things along the way. Well, Allison will be our guest today, but Ben, what's been going on since last time? Going on since last time, you may have noticed on your way in that I've neglected to vacuum the stairs as I normally do. <laughs> I did notice it again. The, ba- no, I, the I basement, <laughs> the basement is a little bit of a construction zone adjacent the studios here, uh, because the basement bathroom is well underway. Oh, was there a bathroom down here? There was not a bathroom okay. down here. So you are installing new. Yes, we are to a point where one could bathe if necessary. It'd be a little awkward without any walls. Oh, I mean, if you recall, one of our guests, Araceli Sparza, did a very similar thing. She installed a bathroom in her basement. Exactly. We. Talk talked at that time about uh, the the location of the bathroom being like an efficient location, mm-hmm. one that would line up with a sewer lateral. Is yours an efficient location? Funny story. <laughs> Funny podcast story <laughs> right here. You hit, ready for it? The sewer lateral doesn't always go where you think it does. No. How do you know where it goes? Well, you see, it, it, it would normally be where I'm sitting. <laughs> 
but it's actually over where you're sitting. Oh, am I sitting on a, a lateral of some sort? You see that? See that concrete down below? Oh you yeah, there? now I see like holes in the ground all of a well, sudden. We needed to locate the sewer lateral because it did not go out the front of the house next to the water service like it normally does. Oh, uh, I had to go. So I called around for a, a location service, and that is for the most part, it's the same guys that come and do the rotor router. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they run their machine down the pipe. And they can tell where it goes? The new heads that they record video with have a little locating beacon. Oh, sure. So they run it down the pipe, and then it beeps like radar. And like, and I called H.J. Pertzborn because I, I saw their advertisement. It was on my on my basement wall right next to the sewer clean-out, right? Because <laughs> like they put a sticker there when they came, and they said, is this for Mona? And it warmed my heart because Mo, this, we still call this Mona's house. And I called this. She had first born, and I told them the address, and they said, is this for Mona? And I, it was like, oh. oh. Mm. Not only were they the low-priced leader on uh, on, pipe, on pipe location, so oh, you know that. Mm-hmm. Cheap, like half as much as some of the other guys. Uh, but also... You know, a little warm customer service. Oh, that's nice. Is this for Mona? What's been going on since last time? The aforementioned windows. I did get five new windows installed uh, in my house, a process which I started in the summertime to get bids out, agreed on a company to use. And these were all my bedroom windows. I've been doing the thing where I replace like a window or a door every year because like it's too expensive to do it all at once it can be and then i just had five windows left that were like originals from probably when the house was built for all i can tell Uh, everybody described them as very generic stock windows that usually like builder windows is that Mm -hmm. a thing too builder grade builder grade that's how they describe them come to think of it so now but okay yeah yeah very i'd say less than okay (laughs) well they're 40 years old yeah (laughs) or 50 what, 1970s built? 79 is my 79. House. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 40, 41 year old windows. Mm-hmm. Well, now new windows, zero years old. That's what's been going on uh, since last time for me. How about from the headlines? There's no way. If you don't already, follow us on Facebook. You can find us at In the 608. Every once in a while, I share things that I think are interesting or just funny. It was it was like a meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, po- it had uh, popcorn ceilings, right? Had oh, a, yeah. A close-up of popcorn ceilings. He says, if your ceilings look like this, you don't need to worry about Joe Biden's tax plan. I don't, I like, don't get it. <laughs> because it's not supposed to affect modest income folks. Oh, so like okay. If, and, if, and the popcorn at, ceilings if are you, the signal. If you have popcorn ceilings, you don't need to worry <laughs> about Joe Biden's tax plan. I shared a, a chart that uh, Mark Gladue from the Lauer Realtor Group put together. It was just, it was just an annual pricing chart, like the, mm-hmm. the ebb and flow of annual prices. Um, and then you might expect that they are lower in the beginning of the year and as the time passes that the prices continually increase. But in a year cycle, you're in just a year, saying, yeah. Often talk about the influence of our academic year lease cycle. Mm-hmm. I talk about mm-hmm. that when when buyers tell me when ask when's the best time to buy, and I talk about it when sellers say when's the best time to sell. Mm-hmm. Those the answer to those questions being two different answers, by the way. Um, so many buyers are trying to buy before their lease is up in July that there is an there is a peak in May and June. 
mm-hmm. where the prices are higher than they will be later in the year. Mm-hmm. And this chart showed it perfectly. It also showed uh, rental property prices, and the influence that happens there is due not to the cycle of the leases, but due to the opportunity for some first-time buyers to owner-occupy because an owner-occupant would need to move in within 60 days of the closing, which means it needs... So So there was also a bump when the market would have expanded for not only investor buyers who do not want to live in the property, but when you stir in that opportunity for an owner-occupant, the prices that time of year were the highest. So it shows that right now is a great time to buy. Yeah. Okay. Getting better pricing even than in May and June. Election. We all heard about that. Mm-hmm. We probably also heard about the uh, Madison School referendum. Yeah, didn't get as much noise, of course, because of the you know the size of the election that was going on. But two referendums were on the ballot. Uh, d- together, they're bar- borrowing th- or borrowing three hundred seventeen million for high schools and a new elementary, but then also raising revenue limits by thirty three million. Uh, in increments over the next four years, the increments add up to what will be a total of about $151 per 100000 in value. So on the average Madison home of 300000 that's about $450 a year. Mm-hmm. But if you're a renter, mm-hmm. your rent, your rent's going to go up $20 next year mm-hmm. only to cover the increase in taxes. But there, there are conversations. People talk about removing the funding of education from property values. Mm-hmm. All right. That is important not only so that schools in less lesser-valued neighborhoods uh, and areas can receive the same funding, but also to maintain affordable housing. Yeah, I think, I mean, you make an interesting point. There, there is a component about, like, it's kind of a racial justice issue that we are funding schools uh, largely based on local property taxes because the rich houses and the rich districts get, you know, more services, more affordances for those schools where it's not a rich area, do not get as much. And yeah, that's a whole, that's a good conversation to have. And I think maybe that's one that, you know, this state should have. That's from the headlines. What about the lows and the highs? The lows and the highs and the average lowest, 1649 Lakeview on the north side, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. listed at 150, a 1943 Cape Cod. So a three-bedroom, one-bath, 1,000 square feet. I'm going to call it Cape Cod, but I'm also going to call it a raised ranch in that it it's one of those houses that was like on the hill and you, the garage is underneath. Listed at $150,000 and then sold in 10 days, but only for one hundred and six. Hmm. So someone came in and it didn't, it didn't sell right away, but someone said, hey, I'm going to take a shot at it at 106. And that, that just seemed low to me. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's, because it was priced, you know, like it said cash buyer. And they got it. They so. got it. So only 10 days on the market. I was surprised to see that amount of discounting. But when you come in and you say, just give it to me as it is, cash, somebody said yes. Because the thing is, as an agent, I would have said, tell them to go take a hike. If you're willing to go that low, let me drop it to 125 and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And right. That, and Didn't then even I, think they bargained on that? Or and no? then I would have yeah. felt like I could have got 125 for it or 130. Mm-hmm. Like if, one, if it wasn't, if the market was not seeing it at 150, doesn't mean you sell it for 106. That means you say, okay, let's find where the right spot is. All right. What about the highest? Highest, 7622 Riverside Drive in Verona. 
This is not necessarily a house, but a redevelopment opportunity. It's 160 acres. Right? You start your own farm. So th- listed at $3 million. Bowser. On the market for over a year. Mm. When you can chop something up and make it into a neighborhood, you can pay like $11,000 an acre here in Dane County. No. All right. And a new feature, the average home. Just because I think it's a little obtuse, like the cheapest and the most expensive. Sure. You and I aren't going to buy a residential development I'm not going to buy 160 acres, right? But would you believe that the average priced home last month was $435,000? No, because that's with so much more than right, my so, house. <laughs> so the average the average sale in Dane County residential last month was $435,000. So you and I... I am, I'm like the, I specialize in being the below average realtor. (laughs) I'm right there with you, my friend. That is what's going on from the headlines, including the lows, highs, and the average. Our guest who's coming up in just a moment is Allison Werner. Allison just gone through the process to, well, she's exploring, I should say, the process of getting new windows in her home. And if that's something that you are doing, I think you'll want to uh, keep listening here. It's time for the top of the hour tip. We're going to take a break and get some local advice from some of our favorite Lauer Realty Group agents on how to improve your home or investment property ownership experience. On the phone with us today is Mark Gladju, broker associate at the uh, at the Lauer Realty Group. We haven't had an official conversation about your new role at the at the Lauer Realty Group West Office. Will you will you have a new title? Uh, uh, you know, I, I I'm not really in the title, so I guess we could still just call me a broker associate. Uh, but I will be heading up the West Side office over on Monroe Street, and really excited about that opportunity. It is it is exciting. We have uh, we've we've watched the exterior transform with a a mural by Madison artist uh, Triangulador. The uh, he broke his way into the art scene by painting uh, mattresses on the street side, but it's actually some pretty cool yeah. stuff. Um, and now the interior is is taking shape. When do you imagine being there behind a what I'm sure is a desk and office smelling of rich mahogany? <laughs> Of course it will. Uh, It will always smell like that in the office. Uh, I believe that we are shooting for beginning of February. If that's uh, that's a realistic uh, deadline for the contractors. I was just over there yesterday and they have already gutted the main portion of the building. So we're excited. We're also going to be there'll be a relationship with Nightberry title. They'll be in one half of the building. Uh, and then Lauer Realty Group will inhabit the other. Um, so it's it, it should be an exciting time in February, and we hope that we see everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun when we can do like a come on in kind of thing again. It's time for the top <laughs> of the hour tip. So the top of the hour tip that I have for you is not relying if you are seriously starting your home search, not relying on places like. Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Redfin. And that is because most of the time that you find the perfect home and you call your realtor and say, I'm ready to go look at this house, that house is already under contract and it has been for quite some time. The reason being that these syndicated sites will tell you when things are active, but the minute that it goes under contract, they do not actually know this and they do not actually indicate this on the site. So they will not indicate that until it goes into what we as realtors call pending 
which means that all of the contingencies have been lift, lifted. And so therefore, they take it off the site or they put it up as sold or pending. So the best thing you can do is reach out to your real estate friend and say, set me up on an automatic search with your multiple listing service so that I can get the most accurate and up-to-date information. Not not only is it is it the most accurate and up-to-date, but... A business like Zillow or Trulia or their their business model, they need content. They want you to come see things. And the less there is for you to see there, the, the less they can drive folks in. It is in their best interest to keep houses up on that site for, for longer than they need be there. Correct. Correct. That is their business. A big part of their business is selling you... Selling you to someone else. And you don't exactly. need you don't need someone else. You've got Mark and I right here. Correct. Thank you very much, Mark. <laughs> You're welcome. She ain't wrong. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Your guests, myself, Adam Elliott, and Ben Anton, right across the table from me. The house that Rhonda bought, uh, we have, uh, which which we've mentioned our guest, Allison, is mm-hmm. about to join us. Yep. She lives around the corner from the house that Rhonda bought. Mm, all right. Uh, the house that Rhonda bought, the approvals for teardown have been issued, and now we're waiting on the contractor. Um you, waiting Adam, is the whole story Adam just house, waited right? on his window contractor. We'll yep. find out how long Allison expects to wait on her window contractor. Um, and then I had actually planned, one of the ideas for this episode was to have a general contractor try to nail down one of those guys to, for an interview. Yeah. They're so, busy these days. So here we are with, with Allison, but, but uh, Rhonda, unwilling to guess how long it's going to take to tear the house down. She hopes it's this year. Oh, boy. Okay. That is the continuing saga of the house <laughs> that Rhonda bought. But we would like to welcome uh, in studio our guest today, Allison Werner. Uh, Allison is, a, well, we'll describe you as a window shopper at this point. Been in Madison for a little bit now. Allison, thank you for being here in Real Estate in the 608. My pleasure. I've got you down as in Madison six two, since 2006. In your second Correct. second home in the East Moreland neighborhood, that you uh, that you, the, that you work for the River Alliance, a fantastic organization. That she is an Atwood Fest volunteer and the Kids Fest organizer. Hmm, very nice. All of those things tell us that she's probably fun. But how would we really know, Ben? To really know if she's fun, we'd play a little game called the way it used to be. There used to be. There used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. People can't stop talking about the way things used to be. The way it used to be is a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. Allison, are you ready? Oh boy, I think so. <laughs> All right. We said we actually spent a, a couple of our questions have been in your neighborhood over there, and we're gonna stay mm-hmm. we're gonna stay in your neighborhood for the for a, okay. for a few of these here. All right, question number one. Your first opportunity for the bell. The new Amazon Hub at thirty six fifty Milwaukee Street was for decorate for was for decades a distribution center for a mail order cheese and gift basket company. What is the name of that Wisconsin staple gift basket purveyor? 
Swiss colony. Yeah, that's right. Swiss colony. Yeah, that's very right. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you paying attention, last last episode, one of the answers was the Voigt Farm, because adjacent the Swiss Colony building, now Amazon Hub, is the is the Voigt Farm, and we talked about the development plan for there. For the longest time, I never mm. understood how Swiss Colony stayed in business, and then somebody was just like, "It's cheese. <laughs> They're mailing cheese to people in Wisconsin. That's how they stay in business." Well, the, and like summer sausage too, right? Yeah, right. Like, you, can't, you can't go wrong. Oh, that that the the red wine cheese spread, or like, oh. oh. <laughs> That's no, like now you're getting serious. Holiday staples. Yeah. One my fa- my father was like a my father was a businessman of a, of a certain you know like 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 where he would get gift baskets from oh. from his suppliers and and we uh, Usinger's was big in Milwaukee and oh, that's yeah, where yeah. we got most of ours. But oh, holiday seasons with the cheese and the sausage and the sp- oh anyway. <laughs> um, uh, but all right, our question two: Are you ready, Allison? Let me have it. <laughs> All right. We're, we're still on Milwaukee Street. We're right in the hood. Now in the process of becoming a bigger, better Woodman's gas station and oil change center, name one of the many quick service restaurants that occupied the outlot at Woodman's East on Milwaukee Street. Boy, uh, when we first moved here, uh, I believe Popeyes was there. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <well> done. <laughs> I was I was hoping you'd remember that one. <laughs> and that was followed by uh, the short-lived. I don't know. It was, it was several years, but El Poblano. Yes, uh, the good a good uh, Mexican place. Very with tasty. A nice bakery at the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, before yeah, that, they, and then the building yeah. itself was a former Hardee's. It had the right. had the shape oh. of a Hardee's. Um, I think that was the original structure, and it, sure. wasn't it? Yeah, they built it as a Hardee's, which, side note, was my very first job as a teenager. Aww, like that location? <laughs> yeah. They fired, they fired me. <laughs> they fired me. <laughs> my, my little uh, Popeye's history story was that Restaino Bunbury, my mm-hmm. second brokerage, had offices across the street from Louis, from Popeye's. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, uh, and that was a favorite. That was like a... If I'm at the office at the lunchtime, I'm having Popeyes. So that I missed that, and I have, <laughs> I do make some trips to Fitchburg to fill that need. Get your spicy chicken sandwich. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's two for two. You're doing pretty well so far, Ooh, Allison. Okay. If I didn't remember, the pressure. There it is. All right. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't leave Milwaukee Street. All three of our questions are like within a mile of your house. So I'm glad you're doing well. Um, the main post office on Milwaukee Street was built for and originally operated as both a distribution and sorting center. In what year did mail originating in Madison and being delivered to Madison first need to leave town to be sorted in Milwaukee? Oh, it was recently. So I'm going to say 2018. Close? Mm. No, that's not it. Okay, <laughs> it was it was not that it was not that long ago, but that's like recently. That's like, we're old, Allison. Re- recently, could be as far back as 2014. 2014. Oh, wow. oh that's longer than I thought. It's re- well, as you said, I lived near all of these things you're saying, and it is just ridiculous that we mail letters <laughs> that are going a mile from here that have to first go to Milwaukee and come back. It, yeah, mind-boggling. I know. They're well-traveled than we are some days, right? <laughs> yes. They're more well-traveled. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I just... You get, that, that's for being fun, Allison. Let's take a quick break for the market update, and we'll be back to talk more with uh, window shopper Allison Werner. 
right, it's time for the market update. Back with us again, Mark Gladue, broker associate Lauer Realty Group, with today's market update. Hey, Ben, thanks so much for having me again. Wanted to talk about median home prices. Uh, had a chance to do chart or a graph that you showed um, or that you will be showing or that people will be listening to with the real estate magazine for your ears. And what I came up with was some interesting numbers. And instead of just taking the points of interest in that graph, which are 2019 into 2020, I decided I wanted to go back all the way into 2017 for both multifamily or income properties and also single family sales for just the Madison area. And, you know, found out some what I think are some pretty interesting things. So when you look at multifamily properties in just the Madison area, we see that there has been uh, increasingly from 2017 all the way up to 2020, anywhere between uh, $25 to $30,000 uptick in the median price. When I say median price, it's a little bit different because when you take the average price, what you're doing is taking all of the properties that sold in that area and then you're dividing it by the number of properties that sold. But the reason that that can be a little bit askew is because you might have one outlier that's really, really expensive and one outlier that is really not that expensive and probably had a lot of major issues, why is, which is why it didn't sell for very much. So the median price, we actually get to control the data and take that list of homes and then take the middle of it and say, what's the middle there? So the median price... Um, for multifamilies, like I said, has gone up anywhere between twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars from two thousand seventeen to two thousand nineteen, and then when you get into two thousand twenty, uh, we've only taken the data up until November, and it shows that there's really only been a five thousand dollar uptick. On the flip side, we go over to single-family homes, and Ben, I don't know about you, but when I started in real estate in two thousand five-ish. I think our median price was two hundred thousand. It might have even been a little bit less. I than think that. It, I have a feeling it was one eighty. If we go just back to two thousand seventeen, we see that the median home price in just the Madison area was two hundred and seventy-two thousand five hundred. And drum roll, please, the median price if we go into just the November portion or all the way up to November of two thousand twenty. We are now at $330,000 as a median home price in the city of Madison. So you can see there's just been a huge uptick. And I think part of that, Ben, and maybe you can speak to this too, is that we have Epic, we have Exact Sciences, we have a lot of tech companies who have moved into the Madison area and who are also paying top wages to bring in top minds um, to facilitate all of the research that they're doing and the implementation they're doing with all of this software. Well, it's interesting. Your sample would be homes that have sold. Correct. And so the in January, the data I just, or I was uh, the average home price according or value according to the city of Madison assessor, so that'd be smaller than Dane County. And home value versus homes that sold was at three oh one or something very close. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But, but it's it's well, we're seeing market five percent increases on your 2017, 18, 19 um, each year, and that's that's comes out as an easy five, ten grand here and there. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult because our monthly 
We ha- I just this month added uh, the average price. We've been talking every every episode. We we drop the lowest and the highest, which can be outliers, just like you said. Um, right. But this month, the average sale was four hundred and thirty five thousand dollars. So I'd say that. One of the reasons that median price is as high as it is is not necessarily representative of the entire housing stock, but what is Correct. selling. And you're Correct. right. And you're right to think the things that are selling are selling to people like the Epic Buyer, like the upward, Upwardly Mobile uh, Double Income No Kids for now. Uh, but thank you, Mark, for your time. That was the Market Update with Mark Glad, you broker associate, Lauer Realty Group. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He has been Anton and our in-studio guest today on the phone is Allison Werner, Madison resident, window shopping at The Current, works at the River Alliance. I hope we'll get a chance to talk about what that does and, you know, those folks and the good work that they do. Um, Allison, thank you again for being here today. You bet. I believe you have proved that you are fun. You rang the bell twice. <laughs> ben Ooh, actually gave you three. I, I thought just for fun, I'd take you back in time to 2006 and read you the real estate comments from your home when you bought it. You oh, can, wow. You can tell how this worked out for you. Wonderful early 1900s bungalow with all the charm of the era and modern conveniences of today. Wood floors, extra wide oak trim, large entry hall, cheery sun room, lovely new kitchen, formal dining, first floor bedroom and den, one and three quarter bath, first floor laundry, mud room and two car garage, new furnace and water heater, private fenced yard, upstairs bedroom, curtains and spice rack not included. Wood floors under carpet. Oh, that's lovely, Ben. Now read it as Robin Leach from Lifestyles <laughs> of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> no, that was a that was a very bright and kind of like pleasant description, sure. I think. <laughs> wood wood floors under carpet is like the version of your caviar dreams. <laughs> it doesn't say anything in here about the windows. What what kind of windows did you buy back in two thousand six? Very old ones. What if we just did them out? Two thirds of the windows in 2006 and still to today because we've done nothing with them. Uh, Two-thirds of the windows are original. And original in a home that age likely means uh, single-pane glass. Um, we have, you know, done the lovely plastic-wrapped windows every winter since we've lived here because we, yes, yeah, it's that breezy coming through these windows. That very thing right there. That was the impetus for me, like finishing off the windows. Also, we didn't mention before, I also have done some windows just this year. And that plastic wrap just pushed me <laughs> to the point of like insanity this year where I'm like, no more. Oh, this the, is the year this, they get fixed. The sticky that that stuff leaves on window trim, it just <laughs> angers yeah. me. What, what, ha- what makes me super angry is when I've replaced the windows. But a tenant, out of habit, puts plastic film over oh. brand new vinyl windows. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I just painted that. <laughs> I haven't gone through the process of, of shopping multiple companies and deciding what's best for me. Um, I have gone straight to the do-it-myself. And this, we're going to try to do a two-part episode here. This is going to be our first window episode. Is going to be about the retail shopping uh, window replacement experience. 
and I have already started the process with Bob Westfall, one of our In the 608 musicians. Um, I have started the process with him and that he and I'm going to help him install three of his own windows uh, purchased at Menards. So we're going to start about retail today, and then I'm thinking we're going to come back in March, and we're going to talk with Bob Westfall about the other way to do it. Adam's original windows are 40 years old. So your original windows are like 120 years old. So they lasted a lot longer than Adam's. Right. Well, and then you may recall that my, my text you started with, I know you're a fan of DIY windows, but we have 24 windows to replace. Yeah. Right. And so there, there's, and this has been part of the barrier. It was like, okay, we, there's just no way that <laughs> it would take us our lifetime to replace those uh, one at a time by ourselves. So. Oh, yeah. That's where you start wishing for that company that promises or does the sweepstakes, like, we'll replace all your windows. I'm like, that's what I need is all of them done at the same time. I think it was rather obvious, but in, in your words, was the, was the draft and the plastic the reason for doing it all at this point? Oh, yeah. So we had an energy audit done shortly after we moved in. And one by one, we've checked through all of those things. We've blown insulation into these very old walls, done a whole bunch of other things. And we kept avoiding and avoiding the thing we knew that really needed to be done was replace these drafty windows. And, you know, the price tag is daunting on window replacement, especially when, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to really do the whole house. And Part of the motivation to finally do it this year was we're home all the time now. <laughs> we're usually only here in the evenings, right? And mm-hmm. you, you survive. We're now three of us working and doing school from home. And it got cold a few weeks back and it got windier. And we went, oh, this, we just need to do this finally this year. We're going to be in this house more hours of the day than we have ever been. And we need to get this done. I think one of the one of the little takeaways from what you just said, though, is you had an energy audit done, and you started to check things off. And while for comfort and convenience, those windows might get a get a, a priority, as it relates to energy efficiency and the opportunities for cost savings, windows are actually pretty far down the list. And we learned that from Steve uh, from Focus on Energy. Um, but there is so much value in ease of use. Like, first of all, maintaining an old window, and that's, that's, that's kind of the catch there, is that if you maintain the old window in, in its archaic manners with glazing and caulk and ropes and pulleys and three-track storm windows, yeah. your old window can be almost as efficient as a new one. But it takes those extra hours per window per year to keep it that way, where these new windows, up, down, tilt in for easy cleaning. Less maintenance. They're going to be, they're just, they're going to be life-changing, Allison. Life-changing. Oh, life-changing. I'm counting on it. <laughs> so, um, I shared with you just some, some general questions, but so we know what, what puts you out in the market and what, what got you. Both you and Adam, I think there was, there was comfort, ease of use, 
draft breathe the wind into the plastic the plastic <laughs> because then i also didn't mention the cat will then of course scratch the plastic so now i gotta put a piece of tape over there and it looks like i have like holes in my window well, i remember <laughs> I, they, I doubt they listen but here's a funny memory my uh, my friend uh jason kramer um he he would put the put the the cord for the blind like the stick for the blinds uh-huh he would like put it through put a hole through the like he'd, he'd build up a little grommet with tape so that he could still like the blinds were inside the plastic, but then there was a little hole at the top, oh, so he could turn thanks. the rod and he could open and close the louvers on the blinds while it was inside the shield of plastic. That was some ingenious <laughs> well, stuff. That sounds like a workaround to me if I ever heard one. Boy, I wanna keep you How did how did you first decide who to call and who did you call? Well, so this isn't this year wasn't our first time considering this. We've had quotes in the past, and um, oh, we may have been gullible in the in the past. We probably had four different window presentations, the full deal, right? They bring the cases in with showing the windows and the heat lamp, and you spend hours. You're like, how did I get here? I don't know how I got here. It's like a real estate seminar so sometimes, buy a time, right? Yeah, timeshare. Time share, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, they try to sell you the highest end window and, you know, 10, 15 years ago and, you know, our house back in Racine, we had presentations where we did not even close have the money to do probably three windows at that time. And they show you this price tag and you gulp and you're like, never, never am I doing (laughs) windows. So we've been through many of those presentations over the years and a couple years ago, we got serious and had a had a quote by one company. So we started this time with having them come back out. Their their number wasn't too scary, you know, for how many windows we had to do. So we kind of knew the relative price point. So we called them back up, saying, "Hey, we got a quote three years ago. Can you just come out and you know, or can you give us an update on that quote?" We figured the price point would change in three years, um, and then we just thought, you know. But my my husband works for the government, so we I joked with him that we needed the proper you know three bids before you <laughs> let a government contract out. So well, well done. We yeah. Called, yeah. So we thought, okay, if we're doing this, if we're really seriously doing this, we need three quotes. And so we kind of went all different ends. Uh, we went on companies we'd heard of before. And some of them very nearby our house where we kind of went, hey, these are people where we know where they are. We can track them down later if we need to, those kinds of things. So we had them all. I mean, all of them, when we called, made appointments to come measure our windows and talk with us in short order. They were out here within a couple days of our phone calls. Um, So that was interesting to see, you know, did they want the business? How quickly were they willing to come out and, and such? Mm-hmm. Do you so in in some of those scenarios that you just described? I would describe some of those as like high pressure sales situations. Of the three companies, we had only one. Would I put that high pressure sales place right after measuring our windows, giving us the price? You know, all, you know, telling us what discounts they could do. We had one company who wanted us on the spot. Right to write him a check and yeah. call it a day with him. I think they were and at my house too. I looked up the definition of libel, <laughs> just just in case. But these are these are just people reporting on their experiences with their own opinions, and 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think we, for the for the sake of it, let's. I mean, everyone could yeah. have a different experience, and 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 sometimes it's going to be a bad experience with like a particular sales representative sure. versus the yeah. company. But mm-hmm. every, but there's going to be two sure. winners. There's going to be two winners here in the end. So let's go ahead and name the five or six companies <laughs> that you talk to. So Champion is who we had out a couple years ago and was the most high pressure of sales. And I, I, you know, I love your liable disclaimer there, but I should say all three of the salespeople we had out were knowledgeable, thorough, and, you know, we're not over the top high pressure. But this is, from what we've seen now twice, this is the champion model that we've experienced is we're trying to get you to make a decision today. And, and in my opinion, how that makes me as a customer feel is I already now don't trust you. If you think I'm going to make a decision of this price point that quickly, I, I don't want to do business with you. They ended up also being our highest quote. So that made it really easy then to go, you're out for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. The flip side is uh, we knew they'd be a lower end quote. We also had Window World out. And uh, I do believe, Ben, that was uh, one you had an opinion about. Um, And for us, you know, you guys know the drill. They're all going to tell you there's something better about their glass and their windows and all the things, right? They all say they're the best. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, there's not, there's some differences between, but it does come down to installation and just quality of like the frames, I think is what I'm learning is, you know, important and such. And Window World came in much lower than everybody right. else. Mm-hmm. But then we started going online, doing some research. So I went to Better Business Bureau. You just start Googling what people say. You see who's got complaints. And we were seeing a lot of complaints out there about Window World that made us, because I'm, you know, I'm just Midwesterner. I don't like to spend my money. (laughs) (laughs) And so it took a lot to say, why shouldn't we go with the lowest bid? That's logical, right? And so doing some more homework, we went, well, you know, the old adage, you get what you pay for. And we're worried about paying for, you know, Going with the lowest quote was how many comments we saw out there that didn't seem so favorable. You're listening to Real Estate, the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He's Ben Anton. We're talking windows today with Allison Werner. Still in the process? You haven't had windows installed yet, Allison, right? We have not had them installed. Okay. um, But we have picked a company, and uh, we, we chose Febco. Um, you know, another company where, you know, they're national, but have been here locally a long time. Um, you know, we again reading a bunch of reviews. We liked what people had to say, you know, this is also where I should say, uh, social media is handy. Um, my husband put out a post on our next door app and got some feedback from neighbors. We also found other comments about windows from, you know, neighbors over the last few years and, SEPCO got some good thumbs up from people in the neighborhood. Uh, that reassures you <laughs> that, you know, real people nearby have used the company. Um, and so that's who we – so they were our middle quotes. They were a little closer in price point to champion than Window World, but they were the middle of the three. Really felt comfortable with the person who came out and talked to us. We've done some follow-ups since then. 
I have one particular window I want something a little different done with, and they're working with us on it. Um, he also came up with an idea for us that we hadn't considered. Um, ben in the descriptioner house mentioned the sunroom, and that faces Milwaukee Street, and that lovely sunroom has nine of our 24 windows. Oh, my. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's now my husband's office, and so that's extra drafty, and it's also noisy because it's mm. you know feet, feet from Milwaukee Street. And so he came up with the idea. He said so, um, the, all the windows that face Milwaukee Street, he's like, do you ever open those? And we went, no. <laughs> we opened the ones on the, the east and west side of that sunroom for cross, you know, for ventilation and cross flow. We never opened the ones in front. He's like, well, why don't you make those picture windows instead of your double hungs? Mm-hmm. You don't need to open them. And cost savings and all the other things that go with it. And we thought about it and like, well, this just makes a lot of sense because we still have four windows in that room that's very small. going to be plenty, plenty breezy when you open the windows and now a little right. bit quieter as well. Yeah, that's, exactly. I mean, that's the so thing. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's like of like extreme value. I mean, that's what a good salesperson does is like offer you ideas as to like different approaches about how you might think about what you're doing. And that's usually what ends up getting you the business. Well, to, to listen. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Your guests, myself, Adam Elliott, and Ben Anton, right across the table from me. On the phone, we have Allison Werner, who's a Madison homeowner, uh, in the process of replacing some windows. And we're learning about your process that you've been going through here, Allison. And, you know, me, I, I teach a class that talks about social media strategies and the looking for recommendation posts. People love to share their thoughts about <laughs> who they bought from and what worked well for them. So I hope that was like, I think you said that that was actually a good angle to take. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, when neighbors post about it or, you know, respond to the questions you have, um, again, there's just people you know. And, you know, we were able to walk by some houses. We had neighbors offer, come see my windows, you know, check them out. And so it just adds to the the trust in the company and, you know, because, you know, online reviews aren't necessarily trustworthy, right? You wonder, gosh, has that person been paid to write that review? (laughs) Or some of them were a really long time ago. And so to know, like, hey, this is Joe down the block who is saying they worked with this company, it adds another layer of trust to the review. When I when I read online reviews, if I want angry people, I'll go to Yelp. Like they're like, <laughs> if you want to know the bad stuff about somebody, go to Yelp. And if you want to know just like the flowery softball crap, you go to Angie's list. Angie's like, list, right? It's, it's it's in the middle somewhere, at like a Google review if that I think you Google, can yeah. you can really get some like just straight dope on stuff. Insider info: the business, the owner of the business that somebody is reviewing on Google, does not have edit authority over what somebody places on Google, which which is usually why you get more of like a an even tempered kind of like reaction but the caveat is is like those people are also usually treated in some way like the company might say like my window installer said if you give us a google review we'll give you a $25 gift card so know that they're probably <laughs> if you've bit. taken the time yeah, yeah. the uh, what overlap adam might there have been in your in your window shopping and your and your analysis window shopping. Sure. So mine was uh, on a 
pretty clear parallel to what Allison was saying. I, I did not do any pre-bids like in previous years, but when I did, I called out five different companies. Everybody responded within days. And I think within, you know, a week or two because of my schedule, um, I, we, I paced out and I had five different companies come in to bid things out. Um, I am suspicious of the high price and I'm suspicious of the low price. And I went uh, also somewhere just in the middle too. Who did you have in in total? I had, I believe, five. I also went through Thebco, EcoView was the other company, not Window World, but Wanaki Remodeling and Genesis. Um, of said groups, Wanaki Remodeling felt like, you know, you're going in, you're getting a nice massage. It's a great experience. That, Everything's going really well. And then um, here's, by the way, it's triple what you expected. <laughs> it's going to be, not that they're bad windows, but like they're a little more on the high. I will tell you, when I walk into a house, I notice those Andersons, those Renewal mm-hmm. by Anderson windows sure. have a different profile and they feel nice and they are, they are worth more than the other windows. I will not say that they are three times or two times, but the Renewal by Anderson windows, in my opinion, carry a weight with them. Mm-hmm. When I see those, I say to the person that's shopping in that house, I say, whomever made the upgrades and, 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 uh, and updates in this house was, was not chintzy. Like these are nice windows mm-hmm. and they were, they were expensive when they went in and they will likely last. So that is, so talk about value stories yep. that the Andersons do come with a little bit more weight. Whereas I think new ish or of the modern era is what I will usually call them. Vinyl windows. Those start to, those from a resale perspective often get lumped. Yeah. Like there's yep. not, they're, they're just, what are they? They're of the modern era vinyl windows. I don't right. I don't look at brand so much as I do when I say, ooh, Andersons. Yeah. And of two different companies that I had, and Allison described this, they bring the windows in, and I'm like, you brought the exact same window example that the other person did and said it was a completely different window. Like, I don't know if I could tell any difference <laughs> between what these two guys are showing me. So... Uh, I thought it was, you know, just negligible, the differences between, you know, because I was getting vinyl windows, too, Mm -hmm. and I was not going to get the ones that cost an arm and a leg. I wanted middle of the road. I did note the difference between full casing installation versus window inserts. So one of them, they'll kind of like tear out the entire structure of it and down to like the studs and kind of rebuild that back up versus like they can just pull your window out and like the existing pane that's still, you know, in your window, um, they can insert a window on top of that and then just add, you know, caulking and other vinyl pieces to make it look nice on the outside. I ended up going with inserts, okay. online, which and, was the lower price. Right. Yeah. And inserts is, is what we're going to be looking at when we do our DIY option with Bob Westfall, mm-hmm. we're going to be removing the sashes and inserting a replacement window inside the jam of the original window. So one of the downsides of that uh, method is you do lose a little bit of glazing or the little bit of the window size. Yeah. Your windows are going to get like an inch and a half smaller in each direction, but you know, unless you're unless you've got super tiny windows to begin with, it's 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 kind of negligible. Allison, in your experience, do you feel like you're going to lose some of the space that you like the the site outside the window based on what you're going to put in new? We don't think so. We are 
doing insert as well. For us, one of the issues, too, again, Ben, I love that you read the description of our house in the beginning, that extra wide oak trim on the inside, you know, is very important to us for aesthetics and such. And so that's been one of the pieces here for us, too. And our, our original windows do have a grid on them. And we're not doing that with our new windows. So part of that is like, we feel like, okay, even if the windows are a little narrower, we're removing all these kind of visual obstacles in our opinion uh, from them. And it was important for us too. We're, we're paying the extra that yes, they're vinyl windows, but they will have the wood uh, grain look to them mm -hmm, and those mm -hmm. kinds of things. So for the age of our house and how much woodwork we have in here, those were the kind of things where we said, okay, those are, the aesthetics we care about the most. Calling from the bedroom. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is right across the table from me, and we are speaking with Allison Werner in the process of replacing some windows. Allison, you've gotten bids in right now, and that's kind of the phase where you're at. Yeah, well, and we've, we've gone ahead and made a choice with Subco. Yeah. Um, yeah, they need to, you know, you guys know the drill. They need to come back out again and do the official measuring. You know, one thing that was consistent with all three bids, too, which was interesting, is just how far out everyone is working. That's exactly um, where I was going to ask you, is the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we know what we want right away. We're not in our, you know, we've been here since since 2006. Uh, but we thought, hey, winter's coming. Let's get this done. And we understand completely we're also in the middle of a global pandemic and things are different. So they were all consistent in telling us 10 to 14 weeks out is what they're working right now. Boy, oh boy. That is a, that is a long time. And one of the reasons we're having a two-part episode, aside from that I think there'll be plenty to talk about, is that when Bob ordered his windows from uh, Menards, there was a six to eight week turnaround on those windows, and and I believe we're just at about week nine. Mm -hmm. So there is, uh, we've talked about increases in supplies uh, and supply costs and, and lumber, but also just the the supply chain has slowed significantly. Adam, you said you talked to EcoView. Tell us, who did you end up going with, Adam, and why? Sure. Uh, I ended up going with Genesis. Genesis came in with a ridiculously large quote to begin with, but that was for the complete rebuild down to the studs. I knew in my house that the wood framework was not rotten, and that would be the reason why you would go back down to the studs and build everything back up, is in case you have rotted wood, in case like you know there's critter infestation or something right there. I knew pretty much that everything was in good shape because I'd never had water damage in any of the spaces. And you'd had some windows done already. And I had some windows done. It was still a little risk because I've never actually opened up the window casing and gone into the inside, but I was had a good feeling that inserts would be okay. And that's, you know, that's the reason why you'd save money with the inserts. So they requoted me an insert price and brought the price down to you know, still on the high end of like what I wanted to pay for it. Plus, I, I, Allison, I used to be a painter and I worked for Genesis like way back in the day. So I know the owner of it and I felt like, oh, I could just uh, give Brandon a call up sometime if I ever have a problem. With Let's get the good guy pricing here. So I don't know if they yeah. gave me a discount like a good guy. Like I said, I worked at Genesis to kind of like use that as a pressure point. Like, oh, yeah, I know. 
I know your boss. <laughs> I don't think it worked. What uh, cost? Um, and obviously, each window is is different. See, well, that's one of the one of the things about a window world is it's like they sell you a window. It's like X amount. What is, do you know? What is what is the window world cost per window right now, Allison? Their base price, though, at the low end, it's two hundred and eighty five. Um, what is it here? It's double hung to three twenty five. So double hung, that's their price, two eighty five to three twenty five. But that's base. Then you know, you would ask me this, and it's it's a little harder <laughs> because then it was like, okay, but the exterior color and the interior color and this and that. That you know, yeah. There's add-ons to all of that. What's an average window that you that you Adam had? What's an what's your average window cost? Oh boy! Um, so I think I broke it down. It was between like five hundred and seven hundred, like per. But that was everything installation plus window. Um, so and I think like with Genesis, mine came in closer to like the seven hundreds number per, and that was for one, two, three, four double hungs, and then a. Double, double hung. A, d- a double, double. Does that hung. make sense? <laughs> it's like two of them right next to each other. <laughs> sure. What about and and what about at your house, Allison? So yeah, so I we're more at the the higher end, and again, we've got so many windows, and um, we've got a range of you know some of them are the majority of what we're getting are straight up double hungs, but we've got several sliding, several awning windows, and. Uh, yeah. um, and yeah, which changes the price point. One of the th- one of the takeaways here is that windows are not inexpensive at all. No, yeah, they they are an investment. I think though that again, when we t- go back to like Steve from Focus on Energy and and an episode we did in season one, um, the payback on an expensive window is like is forever. You're ne- you're never going to save. $500 from replacing that window and that's probably why they tell you that the the properly maintained original window with properly maintained storm windows mm-hmm. is going to is going to be as efficient cuz it is hard to save that much in energy costs. Uh, part 2, we're going to talk about the DIY option and and we'll have some numbers there too and I guarantee you that they are going to be I don't know, I'm I'm feeling like 50% and uh, and we'll be we'll be we'll be experimenting with what Adam talked about a builder grade window. His windows in his mm-hmm. house from forty years ago were builder grade, and 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 lasted about forty years, which I think is a long time. I would not expect that of any modern vinyl window to go forty years. I don't know. Maybe those Andersons, but I but <laughs> I don't know. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben Anton. Mine is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Allison Warner, Talking Windows. Uh, Allison, in the project that you were working on, Allison, my project was six windows. Um, it was not an insignificant cost. As Ben, you mentioned, this is not a cheap thing to do in your house to replace windows. It sounds like, Allison, you had a whole lot more. The companies that I talked to said, hey, we have financing, by the way, if you'd like. Uh, I didn't go for anybody's financing. Uh, 
Um, like the second thought was like, if it was going to be too much on my end is, you know, is this a home equity line of credit thing that I would talk about? And maybe Ben, you have a thought on like, is this a type of thing where you would go to the bank to pull out a loan to pull, to borrow on your house? Is it better to put it on a credit card? Should you take the financing from the window company? The only thing I let myself spend home equity on is the home. Because then I know I'm never going to be upside down. That's my rule. And what was your take on it, Allison? Like knowing you were probably going into like one of the more expensive home projects. For us, we've known this has been coming for some time. So we've been saving. We do have home equity line of credit as well uh, from Summit Credit Union. And so we were prepared that way. So, yes, they all offered us financing. And and actually... um, SEPCO, when we told them we didn't need their financing and we'd be paying cash, gave us a disc, a cash discount. It's kind of like, I remember one of the people gave me a discount, like, if you buy it today, it's like this much. If you buy it in three days, it's like this much of a cash discount. <laughs> I'm like, what's the difference between now and three days, really? And then I actually called him out on it. I'm like, can you still give me the price? That was like four days out, and I did it on purpose. And he's like, okay, that's fine. It's the, I don't have to call you back again <laughs> exactly. discount. Because we had that same thing with, you know, <laughs> hey, if you can buy it today, we said the same thing. We were told, yep, a couple of days from now, this, that, and the other. You know, cause the other interesting customer service piece is, you know, all three of these companies came out within a few days of each other. The other two companies that we didn't go with never called us back. Yeah. So thank you very much, Allison. I feel like we got a good, a good grasp of like not only the process, but then even with Adam's experience of the installation and the cost per window, we, we're pretty close. We're going to take a quick break for Phil's phone in. Speaking and his, of phones, <laughs> Phil's phone in here. Oh yeah, Answer, a, Phil answered the phone. <laughs> Phil, hits, <laughs> Phil answers the phone 98% of the time. Uh, and as such, is going to be in with our look beyond the 608, and then we'll be, be back with some final thoughts from Allison. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Well, it's been 267 days since I've been on an airplane and about that long since I've been to my office on High Crossing Boulevard. My daily commute is pretty simple, one left and four quick rights as I make my way from my bedroom to my basement office. I've traded my treasured diamond medallion status on Delta Airlines for whatever the equivalent is with Zoom as we do dozens of virtual meetings each week. Literally dozens. But you know what? It's not that bad, and I'm certainly not alone. Indeed, I remain fascinated by the work-from-home trend because I think it's going to extend beyond the pandemic and will have profound impact on real estate over the next few years. Just last week, a study published by Upwork showed that 14 to 23 million Americans are planning to move as a result of remote work. That's between 4 and 7% of the U.S. population. Folks are not just going a couple of towns away. They're making big moves. The same study said that 55% are looking to go two hours or more from their current location. That's a sharp contrast from the National Association of Realtors data showing that in 2019, homebuyers moved about 15 miles from their previous location. I also see data and hear anecdotal reports suggesting that a lot of people are rolling their money from expensive homes in cities for much bigger places elsewhere. A friend in Florida recently told me that things are going crazy down there with people bidding up properties that are expensive by Jacksonville area standards, but really cheap compared to New York City or Westchester County. That could mean lower prices in urban hubs in the Northeast and higher prices in smaller cities in the Southeast and Southwest. That makes me think about what happens to restaurants in major urban areas. 
and so many more questions that I don't have time for today. Let's just say that things are still unfolding in remarkable ways on multiple fronts. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from Beyond the 608. Sometimes I'm sure of, sometimes my head's not right. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine. For your ears, my name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is my co-host cohort. Uh, we're kind of a cohort, two people, but it's close enough. And we have been talking windows today with Allison Werner. Allison uh, lives on the east side of Madison um, in the process of replacing windows. Allison, it has been a pleasure to talk to you about windows. You're going to have to let us know how the rest of the process comes in. But we also wanted to talk about the, the river where you work. Tell me what you do there. Uh, so I'm the policy and advocacy director at River Alliance, and that means I, I help our members advocate for protecting our rivers and lakes and such all across the state, so helping them with how to talk to their elected officials about why clean water is important to them. And we also work very closely with, you know, the Department of Natural Resources, so helping folks with how to, you know, work with their local DNR staff on protecting the waters in their backyards. Well, and that is that is why Lindsey Wood Davis, our man about Monona, the the paddler, because he's a, he's such a prolific paddler. He'd spend is, every day on a boat if he could, I think. <laughs> and that is likely likely how the two of you connect. That he is paddling the very rivers that you have allied to protect. Right, uh, Mr. Davis was uh, on our board of directors at River Alliance when I started there in 2006. You'll note the year I bought my house is the same. And uh, he and his lovely wife, Amanda, uh, are big champions of uh, protecting our rivers across the state. And it's been a, a pleasure to get to work with him for so many years. And even though he's been off our board for a bit now, I, as we talked about, I, I still hear from him on a regular basis, checking in on our our good work. And we appreciate his support and the others who, who care about our waters, you know, it's an important part of our economy here in the state of Wisconsin. You know, the Department of Tourism just put out an outdoor tourism report then showing that, you know, we all knew previously outdoor recreation was a big part of tourism income in the state, but showing that during this pandemic year, it's just gone off the charts of how many folks have, you know, enjoyed our natural resources and for some people rediscovered them. Like, you know, we've all been busy with our lives and this year, you know, if there's any silver lining, I think it's made us all look to our local rivers and lakes and natural areas to go hiking and said, hey, we've got all this right here and we kind of have an opportunity to use it more than maybe we have in the past. Yeah. Do you have a bit of advice for folks um, on some of the initiatives you're working on, how they can make Wisconsin's waterways and rivers better? Well, you know, the, the simplest way is kind of what I was just talking about is get out there and, and use our waters, right? Go paddling, go fishing, go walk along one. There's no better way to learn to care for our waters than to be uh, someone who actually is out there enjoying them. Uh, the next piece is if you care about these issues, let let your elected officials know from county board to city council to your state reps. They need to know you care about these issues. You know, polling across the state shows people of all political stripes and urban and rural. We all care about this issue. Uh, but if we don't tell our elected officials about it, they 
you know, there's many, many important issues in our world. They, they need to know this is one that matters to you. And actually, just today, Riverlines has announced a, a new campaign, Clean Water Now for Wisconsin. And it's a local county-level referendum campaign where voters across the state uh, will get the opportunity when their county puts a question on the ballot about the right to clean water. And it's a way for voters to say, you know, at the ballot box starting next April that, I want my elected officials to know I care about protecting the waters of Wisconsin. And uh, our tagline for it is you can't Wisconsin without clean water because we, we do feel that Wisconsin's a verb. And all, all the things that we consider essential to Wisconsin of, you know, fishing, boating, drinking beer, you name it, you can't <laughs> Wisconsin without that clean water. No, uh, so cute. we just launched that today and we hope uh, to be on about, uh, six to eight county level ballots come April and that it'll just take off from there and we'll we'll see that uh, question about the right to clean water on more and more ballots in counties going forward. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I think you are doing Wisconsin very well. If we're using it oh, as okay. a verb, you're, you're Wisconsining well. You're Wisconsin. I don't know. You're Wisconsining well. <laughs> yeah, from race. You know, I, I you mentioned being from Racine. That's probably why I like you. It's good stock, good stock of people down there. And again, uh, just a public opportunity to say thank you on behalf of uh, of Lauer Realty Group and all that you do for Atwood Fest uh, and organizing uh, Kids Fest. Geez, for the last six years. Um, you didn't. Ha- you got summer off, but uh, we'll have big expectations for you and your child and Dan uh, next year, uh, knowing that that's going to be bigger and better than ever. But Allison really made Kids Fest happen uh, the first six years at Atwood Fest, and, I, and I'm and I'm now she's on the hook. I just volunteered her for next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am hoping all the festivals next year get to be the biggest ones we've ever done, and. Uh, Megan Blakehorst was my partner in crime in the first years of Kids Fest, and I learned a lot from her on how to run a festival. And uh, it's a lot of fun sweating on that asphalt every summer, but you know, <laughs> be able to su- support the the community that way. And um, hopefully, you know, you know, folks have seen you know the Sassy Neighborhood Play Station in particular has taken the proceeds this year to give back and support the businesses who needed a boost during these hard times. So it's just really great to be, it's just a fun celebration as you know, Ben, but the proceeds do go back into the community uh, to support projects and businesses. So it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Yeah. For those of you that don't know the, the Stark, what is it? Shank Atwood Stark, whether Yahara, uh, neighborhood association, uh, this pandemic season has been giving out small business grants using the money raised at Atwood mm-hmm. Fest. The money, much of which came from our neighborhood, small businesses is being returned to those same businesses to help them cover expenses as their businesses are affected by, by the, by the virus. Uh, but thank you again, Allison. It was lovely to have you. Part one, don't listen to part two. You made your choice. <laughs> but, no going back. But I, but I thank you again, and it's lovely to chat and, uh, and have a great evening. Thanks, Allison. You bet. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. Ben, I've got one question for you. What was that? That was Allison Werner 
from the River Alliance and our favorite window shopper. She's a delight. She was great to talk to oh, today. Oh, she's super fun. Yeah. And, and she got the bell almost three times, right in the, <laughs> right in the third time, just because she know, we know she's fun and, and, and so appreciative. Like we just talked about Atwood Fest. She and Dan uh, are, are big, are, like really, because like five years, six years when, when Atwood Fest started, like I, it was me and a couple people. She was one of those people. Uh, and, and since, since then, along with Megan Blakehorst, who's gone on to be the, uh, the food cart czar. Oh, okay. Do you know, do you know she's in charge of the food carts? I did not know there was a czar of it, but I'm glad there is. I think she might be called yeah. the czar, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but, uh, Allison has, has been, has been kids fest, uh, at Atwood Fest all these, all these years, oh, uh, along, along with her daughter, uh, manning the bouncy house, which is the hardest <laughs> thing to get a volunteer to do. Like, oh, you want to serve beer at Atwood Fest. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'll serve beer with all my friends. You want help at the bouncy house? What did she call it? Sweating the pavement or something Cri- like that? Crickets, yeah. Crickets <laughs> at the bouncy house. It is it is hot over there on the asphalt. But uh, but beautiful to talk about windows, cost per window, process, interviews, sales, sales pitches. Yeah. Who's, who's got what? And a little bit about what you might expect. We can't say who to buy from and 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 who's good and who's bad, but but it'll give you a little entree into into what the process might look like, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, different mm-hmm. different, different feeling with the salesperson. A different you know, yep. just like when you pick a realtor. Get, I say it's important that we get along. That's right. Get those bids. Um, I think it was validating for me since we're both going through a similar purchasing process here. That like some of the stories I think were very similar between what Allison experienced and I experienced, and hopefully for you the listener too. You know, you have some guidance as to like what you can expect if you do go into the process of doing some window replacements. And then I think it'll be March. We've got some exciting things on the calendar. I think we're going to have like a little holiday special episode mm-hmm. in December. And then January, we're starting the new year with a shamanic house cleanser. Oh. Uh, former real estate broker turned house cleanser. And then February, we've already got it planned. We're having Asher Messino, Lauer Realty Group agent and profit. What do we decide to call her? Uh, competitive weightlifter. All right. <laughs> she can. I I have no idea how much I can uh, squat. Mm-hmm. But she did two hundred fifty pounds three times yesterday. It looked heavy. That's pretty good. I don't think I can do that. That's like me picking up you. You can work up three to that. Times. I go. <laughs> I would have to work up to it. But we'll have her on in February for our th- our uh, our Valentine's episode about love and real estate. Oh. How are we going to work that? And then and then March. By then, pandemic supply chain issues will have been resolved, I hope, and that and Bob Westfall will come in and we'll talk about the windows from the do-it-yourself perspective. All right. Good to, good to hear. Um, if people want to learn more, they can always check out the newsletter. They can check out the newsletter, the 22nd, 22nd read newsletter arriving on the 22nd and written in easy-to-digest segments taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. You'll see things like the market update, additional home, maybe seasonal homeownership tips, but also some podcast recap and fun information. Okay. Um, some thanks going out there. Thank you to the listener for tuning in today and joining us on this episode of Real Estate in the 608. Also, thanks to, to our Madison, or I should say in the 608 uh, musicians, including uh, Mad City Jug Band, Seesaw, and Bob Westfall. El Donk and Renclaw. Fun stuff. I love I loved the little, I call them bumpers that go in between the music. The little bumpers? That's the, that's the radio term. The, here's the trouble with the bumpers, guys. There's no because we used a little mm-hmm. little little music only or the, the uh, no lyrics. 
there are some. I will tell you, I have been listening to Seesaw and um, Renclaw. <laughs> uh-huh. There are that that Dan. Dan from Renclaw, uh-huh. some of those lyrics are tight. I mean, they make you think. And then, <laughs> and then Seesaw too. Like we got that catchy little waiting song, and it's super cute and it sounds great. But you need to listen to some of them lyrics. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's nope. Lyrics and like Seesaw has the hooks. <laughs> Seesaw, I could like take a bump from every one of their songs. I'm like, how do you come up with these? Buy their exactly. music, look them up online. Someday go see their shows because you're not getting even just but a little bit of how awesome they are in between our inane chatter. They are good stuff. And thank you to you, Ben, for and being thank great you, today. Adam. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608. Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game you're always playing at your favorite arcade? And we could be taking names, and we could be Baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be. So I'm singing you this waiting song